you're not a victim. You're doing it. And when you're ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. Hello and welcome to the Humble You Podcast, where we talk all things mind, body, and life. And this podcast features a conversation with wellness coach Brody Klotz. He is here to talk about his journey of self-discovery. He's a mental health warrior. He's heavily meditated. And he has a mission to inspire men to break the stigma surrounding mental health. And Brody, I love what I'm hearing. I love your profile. I was actually on one of your lives. We had a great conversation. And through that conversation, I kept saying, I can't wait to get him on my podcast so I could start asking questions. Well, here we are, Brody. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, mate. It's a pleasure. So before we get into the juicy stuff, you know, the exciting stuff, I want to know what your upbringing's like. I know a lot about what's going on in your life today, and we'll get to kind of um, those those revelations that you've came to. But, you know, what was your childhood like? How was your upbringing? Mm, that's a really deep question. And um, I love that question because so many people don't see what Brody was like before he became um, what I am now. Um into you know just turned 26 so when my childhood i am really careful the way i i speak about my childhood because i know we've had so so many great um depth conversations about you know mind body and so on i love how you brought that up in the introduction because in my childhood it was teachers want to medicate me um they were throwing throwing away diagnosis of adhd disruptive um i was zoned out for nearly mm, five years of school so I didn't eat too much. I was just zoned out because of the medication. In school, I remember going to a different part of the actual school complex. So I was, um, it was called the Learn Enrichment Centre. So I, with maths and English, all my friends went to another school in the same complex. And I went to another place. Obviously, the stigma of going, oh, my God, am I, I don't, like, you know, why am I here? I'm struggling. The stigma of my mates going, where's Brody? What's, what's going on? Mm. Um, and I think my childhood was a lot of healing, but I think there was a lot of trauma as well. So like, um, my dad was away for most of my childhood with traveling and earning money so I could go to the good schools and go play sport competitively. Um, but yeah, I, I feel that if you could describe my childhood in a sentence, I think it'd be a clown. And I really have kept that persona, you know, because I've always made people laugh. I've always been there being that comedian. Um, but if you are, if you saw what I did as a childhood to where I'm now, you'd be like, I don't think this is Brody. I think I need to check in with that because I was suspended in school. I was wagging school. I was doing everything my friends would say. So um, definitely my past is definitely my past, if that makes sense, but oh, it's yeah. maybe who I am today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm curious about this because a lot of people, especially younger people, when they're more when they're more like comedians or when they're trying to make people laugh, it's a defense mechanism. Have you thought about that of, of what mm. that was? And do you think it was that kind of defense mechanism? I see you smiling. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that because I find with coping with anxiety and depression, because we all have mental health and, and that's what I love. Doesn't matter if you're male or female, whatever identify you, your gender is because if you cope through humor, that's all good. But normally the comedians have got actually the highest suicide rate. I actually spoke to a comedian on a holiday, went on a comedy cruise ship 
and we were talking about mental health and he's like i always have to be on all the time and when you go to the shops get milk and bread mate everyone's like oh you're that comedian of that show but honestly they just want to get their milk and bread they don't want to make you laugh they just want to go home so all my life i've always been that that jokey loving life but sometimes inside i'm hurting so definitely um i'm always aware when i'm being there for everybody where's brody's humor you know yeah, that's, that's such an interesting dynamic. And I was thinking about that when you were just before you were talking about comedians, how comedians, they really do have this sense of, you know, that's kind of their therapy. Um, and, and then when you think of that, it's like, oh, you know, mental health wise, there's there, that's a crowd that that wouldn't seem at the surface that they're suffering. But deep down inside, they're suffering more than a lot of people are. And then you think of like Robin Williams. I'm not sure if you're familiar, Robin Williams. And then uh, a lot of these comedians, you know, you hear this dark side and you're like, wow. Um, but then that's that mask, you know, that we talk about that psychological mask that a lot of people put on. It, it, the same thing happens with bullies, you know, bullies do the same thing. They're not confident in themselves, So they start bullying others to feel like, you know, they're above people. And it's just this dynamic. And if you understand the dual nature of things, you know, that usually at the surface, something's played out and then behind the scenes, there's something else going on. You can really start to understand human nature, nature in general, and you can start to blend the opposites. And I think that's a huge thing, you know, on, on the path towards recovery and growth and we'll see how your growth went but uh, another thing you you were talking about is this adhd you know destruction and being zoned out with the medicine when did you start taking yeah. medicine for adhd because i've noticed in america some children young you know six seven eight being given this kind of medicine and you know children should be a little bit wild and goofy and, and a little out of control in a sense so what are your thoughts absolutely oh absolutely it, it makes me sick to my stomach that six seven eight year olds are diagnosed with that because at the end of the day a diagnosis is just what behavior they're showing so if they're in so for an example i'll give some background so if you come from a broken home then you go to a broken school and then you go back to the broken home of course you're not going to be loving and and wanting to learn and then obviously you're going to self-destruct and that might not be adhd that's just a coping mechanism or that's just one of your personalities coming out um, so I was, yeah, age six, seven and eight. And then I was on high medication at 10, 11, 12. And honestly, um, school was just tough for me. Like I never found my passion until grade 11, 2011, when I started finding about, you know, the homelessness work, age care, disability. So I really believe when parents think, you know, my child's, Destructive. Okay, let's look at what you're feeding him. What is he watching? Um, regardless of how old he is, it's about the environment. So, my psychiatrist recently was we were chatting about trauma and and everything like that. He was saying that if you are in a fight flight home all the time, you're obviously going to have all those symptoms, everything. So just be careful. What talk do you go to? What what support networks you go because um, being on medication can really um, be quite terrible. I remember being on Epilim. I'm not sure if people know Epilim, therefore bipolar. And I was never diagnosed with bipolar, but my psychiatrist gave it to me many, many years ago. And I stopped it. I said, you know what? I hate this feeling. I don't want it. So I did the wrong thing. I um, went cold turkey and then I experienced psychosis. I thought I was hearing things. My wife was against me. Um, I locked the door because I felt for my safety. I said, call the ambulance. So 
yeah, there's a lot of things that I don't share. Um, and because medication, mate, it's just such a big topic and everyone has got their opinions. But yeah, in America, um, I've been researching stats about ADHD and it just blows my mind. And I'll share this with you before I forget. It was a TED talk, right? And it blew my mind and I, I hope it blows the audience. So this lady was destructive and she didn't stay in the norm. The teachers couldn't control her. And one of the mentors in the teachers, um, you know, um, like teacher's assistant, <clears throat> she said, try dancing, try ballet. So she tried ballet and she loved it and fast tracked. 20 years ago, she's in the Russian National Ballet. And imagine if she went to the doctors and been on medication. So instead of, in, yeah, no, instead of like giving people medication and putting them in a box, find their passion. So mine was helping people, talking about my mental illness. Um, when I went through all my family suicide and my family being homeless, um, I decided to make that my life work to know more about it, help people. So um, yeah, man, I, I really think just because they don't fit in your teacher's box, make make their find their passion. And honestly, the world's their oyster. Like I would never thought this blog would make me chat to you, chat to Owen, chat to all these amazing people. Um, just me sharing my life, and it's it's beautiful. It's every day. It's a blessing. You know, yeah. it's seven a.m. here, or not even seven a.m. And it lights my fire talking to someone like you because you're so passionate about mind, body, and soul. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm passionate about somebody that takes their self serious and starts to, you know, take their life in their own hands. And I love that you were able to do that. And now listening to this material that you had to deal with, you know, your prima materia, your initial conditions, you had a lot to go through. And, you know, a lot of people, they're, they're, they're given a great hand in life and they still don't want to go ahead and push through because any kind of work's difficult. That's why most people just settle. They're comfortable. Um, and just to watch you take it on with all of the other stuff that went went on you said suicide you said homelessness you you had all this medication in you it's unbelievable it really is and truly truly um i'm grateful on my end to be able to speak to someone like that because there's not many like you and i hope you know that um and then on that i'm, I'm curious about this adhd medicine did you know at that young age seven eight nine that it was affecting you was there a point where you were like i don't like this anymore how is that process of, of kind of weaning off of it Mm, yeah, so I went to, I remember going to a pediatrician and then a, a specialist and I was getting weighed. Um, for an example, diet, I never knew about diet. You know, you go to school, go to tuck shop. There's no really much nutrition back when I went to school. So if I ate some sugar, processed food, I'm all over the place with my medication. So I knew around lunchtime, Brody was bouncing off the walls like 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. And teachers are like, oh, he's distracted. But honestly, mate, I just didn't like how the teachers were treating me and it, school wasn't serving me. And what Richard Branson says, if, if you can't teach the way they taught, you've got to teach them the way they are supposed to be taught because teachers are not just one big box. All students are going to listen to this one approach. It's not. Um, and we know as entrepreneurs that the people that, drop out of grade 10, the people that don't get the highest OPs are the people that go higher than people that got the uni, got the, the you know, the Mercedes Benz. They didn't have to worry about money. They didn't have to worry about family trauma um, because I've never met a motivational speaker that hasn't moved me. And that's what it is, motivational. 
moving. So um, I said to my dad and mum, I'm vomiting. I was like 40 kilos. I wasn't gaining weight. Teachers were happy. I was just signed out like this. Like if you can see my video, I'm, I'm closing my eyes. I'm just like, oh. And I just I said to mum, I said, I need to be off this. I, so my mum fought really hard for me and so did my dad. But they didn't know. They were just listening to teachers and normally you listen to your doctors and psychiatrists. And that's what I would love to get this message across is if that your kid is, you know, destructive or, or, or angry, there's something else with that. So I'm not just saying boot the doctors out of your life, but there's so much other um, avenues you can go into. So that's what I really want to um, get across today. Yeah. And it's really difficult to explain this kind of material because like with something physical, you could see the changes like, Hey, look, you know, I, I got this or I got that. And you could show the physical changes, but with the mind, it's so hard to show someone and you could tell someone, Oh yeah, I'm healed. I'm better. And maybe you're not, or you can be healed and people wouldn't even notice it. It's so difficult to understand what's going on in each of our own psyches that um, it's just hard for another person that's in a depressed, dark, deep state to find that motivation or inspiration to move forward because those proves like weight loss, you could see someone go through that transformation. It's like, oh, I could do that. But with the mind, you can't really, you have to know somebody kind of before like old Brody and then no Brody now. And then that's just a limited amount of people. Um, so, so it is difficult, but just this kind of story and, and, and speaking and then two guys speaking about this kind of stuff, you know, part of that breaking the stigma that we talked about in the intro. I think that's huge, you know, to see two guys talk about it and share their experience with it. Um, and it's not like we read a book or, you know, we actually went through this. So that authenticity is, mm. is huge. Um, so then moving forward, you're getting off this medicine. Um, what brought you in the state of, of wanting to share this kind of message? Was it the physical proofs that you've noticed kind of, um, kind of manifesting in your life? Or was it something else? Did someone push you? What was that like? Mm. Yeah. So I think how I got to where I am today with, with my childhood that I, like my dad was on good money. He traveled the world to, you know, do what he needs to do in business. And um, I still remember my memories of running down the driveway, hugging him from a taxi. And then my mum was working. We had good home, um, you know, always on holidays, didn't have to worry about money. And I think it really woke me up when I first met my wife, you know, all those years ago and then you know we've got to pay rent we've got to pay bills like we don't have kids yet but I'm like you really appreciate your parents what they've done once you're out of that um circle and yeah I saw my dad try to take his own life I my dad was a very unwell man um mentally and physically he he actually should be dead the amount of medical records I'm talking multiple cirrhosis epilepsy Parkinson um he had brain treatment because he was abused sexually every night um, by a priest and didn't tell anyone for 30 years. So all my life, my dad didn't tell anybody for 30 years. Imagine I can't keep a secret mate for a day. <laughs> like, like bless him. Like, and I'm, and I'm sorry if, if it's triggered content warning, but like, this is my family. Like my dad, I was born Christian. I didn't have a choice. I was remembered as a baby. I got poured water over me and look, I don't, I'm no, forcing anybody's religion i know everyone's got a past i know there's a lot of healing obviously the world commission but my dad didn't tell anyone for 30 years about this this, this thing that wrecked his life he turned to drugs he turned to um 
coping through alcohol, through different jobs. And, and, and really, that's when I said, regardless of what trauma I've been through, I need to speak up for males, regardless if it's domestic violence, childhood abuse, anger, anxiety, depression. And it's my, it's my mission. So I saw my dad in a mental health ward at 13 years old when he tried to take his life. Um, my ex at the time, we saw him try to take his own life and we were first responders and the police and ambulance were there. And that's what woke me up, mate. I saw so much suicide in my family and friends. I've seen things that police probably haven't seen. And it's made me realise that no one is immune to mental health. Mm. And you could say I'm inspiring, I'm motivating. I'm just telling my story because I know there's so many people out there has gone through similar. And it's not a competition. I love it when we talk about inbox and like we try to like help each other out with completion, but it's we're literally just one human being trying to help another. And I know that I've helped so many people just like yourself because we're genuine, we're authentic. It might be really tough to listen or hear what we say, but um, yeah, my life's um, seen my parents' divorce. Um, every Christmas is different because my dad um, left my mum on New Year's Eve, so New Year's Eve is always tough. Um, and seeing family Christmases, i got to go different, like three different families that everyone's like, oh, presents. Come on, guys, cut the bullshit. No materialistic. It's fucking hard. Mm. I miss my family, my brothers. One's in the US, one's in Bundaberg. Another one's with me here in Brisbane. So I just find that regardless of what you've been through, just remember the good times in your life because there's always going to be broken homes. There's always going to be bad relationships, domestic violence. But I can actually say with you without even crying today that I'm healed. Like I've been through lots of meditations, uh, spiritual retreats, personal development, psychologist, psychiatrist, um, hypnosis. And honestly, it actually helps me tell my story every day. It Mm. gets me out of bed when I have tough days, Mm. just like yourself. Like what if the wellness guy cut, cut the wellness guy, his name's Brody right here. What if he goes away for two weeks? My inner body is like, oh my God, I need a post, I need an inbox. No, bro, you need to look after yourself. This is a free service, what I do. Mm. So um, Mm. I think, yeah, I wanted to thank you for letting me share that because my my whole mission and my mum as well, because my mum's probably going to hear this. I love both my parents. They did everything they could with what they know. And my dad's still alive, bless him, and as my mum. But when I was 13 years old to 26, that's what I've been through with parents' divorce, um, couples counselling in that family. Um, had lots of counsellors come to me and talk about, okay, your dad tried to take his life. What's that like for you? And I'm, I'm in a learning enrichment school, highly on medication, zoned out, and I'm getting counsellors telling me what I need to do to help my dad. Like I, I look back and blink, going, holy shit! Like I went through a bit to to where I am today. Like I can put hand on heart saying I made it, you know, yeah. I, I got through that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, the, that's the thing. That's the thing. I, I, we talked about it earlier, kind of blending the opposites and, and in life it could get, you know, it can get, 
it can get a little bit confusing if you're just aiming towards the light because then when the darkness happens, you suppress it with drugs, you suppress it with your thoughts and feelings and just try to hide it and then you push it in. And just think about what you said about your father. He held that in for so long and it ruined his life in, in a lot of in a lot of aspects. Now he's still here. I saw a picture of you two recently um, uh, for the Christmas time. You said you're so grateful for your family. It's a beautiful picture of you two. It's making me smile knowing the backstory now. Um, you know, it's very emotional in a sense. Um, but but to see you two smiling together really is a, a beautiful sight. But just think about that. You know, if you're scared of the darkness and you can't take it on, not only are you going to hurt yourself and suppress things, but you're not going to live a full life. You know, life is 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 both ends and you have to, to provide depth to life and really appreciate it. You have to take it all on and you can't just pick and choose and say, ah, I don't know about that. Ah we'll just pick this, uh, you know, and everyone has a unique experience and this is your experience. And though it's difficult now at the state that you're at and you put in the true work, it's not like, you know, someone just gave you a magical pill and you just felt different and you were like, hum, you know, <laughs> like just hovering in midair, like you put in the real work. And I think that that's a testimony to, to, to you as a person and, and to your journey going forward, because now that you have this in you and you have some of this salt, we like to call it in, in the alchemical world, some of this salt and, and, and true, true authenticity, that's going to lead you forward. So when you have other dark moments that arise, you have that inner strength mm -hmm. to push forward. And not a lot of people have that. So, you know, with the darkness, there is that, that little bit of light through it. I loved how you mentioned that. I just wanted to add as well, like mm -hmm. his story, like how he motivated me, um, you know, to be the best son and to be the best father when I have kids. We actually went the same passion. So I was so blessed to work um, in a company. And then he joined the company as a lived experience workshop facilitator. So I was an employment consultant helping people find work. And then he had his business. So I actually got to work with him on two organizations and we both do suicide prevention work and now um, we do like workshops together. So to, to do inner healing working with my dad is just a blessing. So I just thought I'd share that because I don't think a lot of people know that. That's so cool. So you're working with your dad. Um, how, when, how long ago was this recently? Um, 20 or oh, like 2014 to like 20, like to present, like he does his workshops and, Wow. He does his own business now and he's got a little, um, not a, like a, a family trust, like the company's name is um, our initials, like all his son's initials. And, <laughs> yeah, we've got workshops together and we do, um, yeah, it's it hasn't gone out to like interstate or international, but we've got all these mental health workshops together and it's a blessing like to work with my dad to know what he's been through mm. Um I don't think a lot of sons or daughters get a chance to work with their dad, especially um, when he came to my uh, college when I studied Certificate 3 in Community Services work and Diploma of Child Youth Family Intervention and Community Service work. My dad was a guest speaker. I brought him in. No one knew him. No one knew that he's my dad. And he did a talk for 40 minutes and everyone was crying. Like he said, mm. I was a millionaire, I was um, not a millionaire, but he's very well off. He was um, traveled the world, done all this. That's one person, right? So he does this thing, just like yourself, how you talk um, in different contexts. And the next person, right, homeless, drug abuser, had brain treatment for the childhood abuse trauma. Mm. People didn't get that. It's the same person, the two different stories. And everyone's like, ah, 
they're crying. And he literally is the reason why um, I found my passion. I know Brody found it. I'm not um, cutting down Brody, but if my dad wasn't, um, you know, went to mental health unit and he said to me on his, like, he was literally on his deathbed. He wasn't breathing. The ambulance had to get him back to life. He said, I am the richest man to have you guys as sons. Like, one's a psychologist. I'm an entrepreneur with my mental health and coaching. My other brother's an actor. And um, my other brother's in the States being um, a podcast and he interviews like Simon Sinek. Um, he's done Gary V. Like, he's done big people um, in the US. So, his company's Culture Amps. So, just a bit of dropping names there for my brother. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's he's made all of us. So, like, we went to therapy. He said 30 years ago, men, dad tried to open up saying he was abused. He's like, oh, you're gay, you're puffed up. Like, he went to a boarding school. Imagine opening up saying, hey, I'm getting sexually assaulted by my priest, by my teacher. Mm. And so many people are not talking about it. And I don't want people to go, oh, fuck religion or, you know, that's terrible. I don't want any of that. I don't want any sympathy. I want empathy for my dad, for sure. But it was in the past and to get where we need to in today's society where religion is crazy right now. Everyone's got opinions and guns and mass shootings and mm. political media has gone nuts. We really need to go to the forefront of what do you believe in? And mm. if that's all that matters, then that's fine. Um, as a, as a uh, male going to a Christian school, knowing that my dad's was abused, it made me realize going, Oh my God, like, is this going to happen to me? Like I wasn't in boarding school, but when I was younger, like it came to my mind, like, oh, my God, like do I tell my friends? Is there a stigma? What are they going to think of my dad? So, yeah, man, I um, I really wanted to share that because he made me. Also, my mum carried me, <laughs> both needed. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's incredible because I know I'm not the only one that's gone through um, a child of a parent that was abused, and we need to talk about that because um, – it's not about blaming. It's not about obviously it was terrible what happened and the guy died and, you know, it mm. didn't get his justice because mm. um, he took his life before he went to court. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of people need to talk about um, these things because it's happening in everyday life and people are just going, nah, it's not my problem. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, and that's it. That's that suppression. You know, mm -hmm. you got to take it on. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, the, uh, the spiritual or religious aspect of life. Um, I keep talking about this and what I'm noticing is when you lose that, that strong Christian faith that was really humming in the Western world, I'm not sure, you know, how it was over in Australia. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it was a stronghold. And when it started fading away, that void gets taken up by other people, you know, big businesses, governments, isms, there's a lot of isms out there and people get motivated by different values now since they lost those other values. And I love that you were kind of talking mm. about that, what you truly believe in, what you, what you, you know, find is, is a true value in your life. And that's what I like to work with clients on is making sure that their values are lining up with how their life is manifesting and making sure mm. that they can clearly define their values in life. Many people don't know what they value in life, you know, and then uh, what I was wondering about is this, this, 
this aspect of meaninglessness and meaningful um, living. And some people find life is just meaninglessness. You know, we just live, we die. What's the point? Then there's that other yeah. aspect of finding meaning in life. I'm wondering for you, you know, where do, where do, where did you make that transition if you ever felt that meaninglessness? And what caused that transition to kind of get that meaning back in life and get you kind of maybe light a fire in you in a sense? Mm, yeah, I love that question. That's got me goosebumps all over. Like I think people can just go into life and there's movies about it and we watch it every day and we don't know that we're actually in that movie itself. We're just going to work, doing the grind, getting the debt, going to the house and die. There's actually a card game called Cards Against Humanity. Mm -hmm. And um, part of the question is, it, it's so funny, it's just like, Marrying your best friend, buying a house, dying in a Lando or something. It's like a funny card, just one card of just today's life. And I'm like, wow, like we're seeing that every day, but people are not even realizing that. Like I'm not saying you can work nine to five, you can have the debt, you can do whatever you want in your life. As long as, as Joseph said, as long as you um, align with that. And I, I love that because so many people, they say they want it. But when they really, really want it and it gets them out of bed, like it got me out of bed at 6 a.m. talking to Joseph, is because I know so many people need to hear this. So for me, my life was medication, going to school, being told I'm dumb, retarded, special, I'll be a tradie. That made me go, no, 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 no. I am not. I've been to uni. I've been on national TV. Mm. I've been on podcasts. I've been on newspapers. It's not because look at me. I proved to the teachers that, you, you had the best person in that room. You just need to unlock his passion. I had to unlock it. That's okay. But I was literally in school. I was hanging with the wrong crowd. I was smoking. I was drinking. I was having meaningless sex. I was in that meaningless. Mm. I didn't know anything more. I just thought, yeah, look at me. I'm cool. Got this, got that. And now, like, I want people to know the different part of Brody because they go, he can't just be you know, positive all the time. And that's why I don't, I, I post videos are not so good because no one's got their shit together 24 seven. Mm -hmm. um, me and Joseph were talking about it. It's so overwhelming. We, we do both great work and because we do great work, more people want us. And because both of us are just one person doing our account, it's just like, ah, <laughs> but we do it because we care and we lo love you guys. So I really wanted to let people know that because when you follow us, it's not just a follower. Like, both of us, I know deep down in my energy that we actually care. So it, back to the question for the meaningless, I was doing that and then I honestly can say, this would be cheesy, but when I was having meaningless sex, I um, my psychiatrist says, oh, do you think you have, um, it's going to be funny, I'm going to be open, mm -hmm. I'm just going to let this out. My mum, my, my psychiatrist said to me, do you have a good relation with your mum? And I said, yeah, I do but I didn't think I was getting the love that I needed. So mm. my psychiatrist thought because you were sleeping around with different girls and then obviously different agents, could that be it? And it just blew my mind. And um, I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's not, but it's got some truth in it that when my parents divorced, I was at my dad's house, right? Having dinner. I'm, a, I'm with my dad. And then another weekend I'm with my mum. So like I never felt like I got that love mm -hmm. from both parties. It, that when I when I needed that love, I felt like I didn't get that. So that's when I started sleeping around. I'm mm -hmm. not saying 
that's the whole reason why I slept around. Obviously, you've got to find yourself sexually, but that's a whole nother kettle of fish. <laughs> um, but honestly, the best thing that's happened to me was is my pain and my trauma. And that's when I found my passion. So I met my my wife at the time and she's been through similar stuff and I don't have something on my head. Just double check. I don't have something on my head saying I'm I'm going to fix you. Um, like I used to find girls that have been through similar things. I said to my mate, I said, what the actual fuck? All the girls that I'm dating have gone through similar shit. And when you manifest a car, you look at a car, you see that car everywhere, right? So, yeah. like, with girls, the girls are like, they come to me. Like, I'm fucking married. I'm happy. Nearly six years with the same girl. I have girls come to me going, oh, I wish I found you many years ago. I said, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't give me that mumbo jumbo. Like, I'm, I show up, right, as I show up to my wife. So the energy and love I give to you, Joseph, is the same I give to my wife. And my friends go, oh, my God, you're so loving. You hug deeply. You talk deeply. You love deeply. You're so Like, your wife is so lucky. And I said, absolutely. And also, I am lucky. So I definitely, I definitely find that um, being married at 25, yeah, 25, um, and I've been with the same girl for six years, it really made me mature. Like, not saying you need to get married to be mature, but... Um, you know, I'll share three things that people might not know. I volunteered for two years at a, a suicide prevention hotline for mm. Tim Tams, chocolate and coffee for free. Did that for two years because I lost friends to suicide. Mm. Um, I've got a learning disability. I don't care if it's it's true or not. I don't really believe in it. I just call it my superpower. Um, I just learn differently, so I've got to work harder. Um, I'll be the hardest worker in the room. I'll outwork anyone. That's yes. just who I am. Oh man, I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> you got me pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And it's not yeah. cocky. I just, I just, I want to be the first one in and the last one out. Yes. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. That's not my room. Oh. Um, you know, I'm just, I don't know if it's coffee speaking, but it's like, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pumped. But honestly, bro, like everything that I've been through, like as, as an 18 year old seeing um, people die, take their last breath near me. It just changed me. Mm. I'm like, wow, this person jumped from 24 stories at 18 years old. He must be in pain. She must be in pain. The, the shit that I see, like, it's not like, oh, look at Brody. He's been through all that. It's not that at all, guys. I share this because when someone is suffering and they're thinking suicide's the only option, it's normally they're in that much pain. They just want the pain to end. Nine times out of 10, medically, psychology speaking, is they don't want to die. And I've spoken to so many people on the bridge talking to me, right? I've yeah. got the headphones on. I've got the, I've got the police and ambulance right in my other ear. So I've got to cover that like McDonald's. I'm like, hello, would you like fries with that? you got to joke through that shit because I had people want to jump and they go, oh, fuck off. A male, you wouldn't know about mental health. And I'm like, mm. yo, 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 mm -hmm. I'm here doing this for free. I didn't say that. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm so passionate. And you know what I did, Joseph? I'm doing exactly what I'm doing to you right now. I'm listening. I'm giving you empathy. I'm showing respect. Those three things can save someone's life. I just yeah. want to add that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, because that's. I was actually just talking about this on a podcast with somebody, you know, in that situation, all they want to do is be heard. That's it. They just want somebody to listen to them, actually listen to them. 
And nobody, well, not nobody, I don't want to talk generally, but a lot of people struggle with listening. They can't just keep quiet and listen. And even if they're quiet, they're thinking about what they're going to say. They're trying to look better. You know, they're trying to come across as whatever it is. Um, but to truly give yourself that, someone that space, um, or truly give somebody that space, it's really important, um, you know, especially if someone's hurting. That's all they need. You don't have to do anything special. You don't have to give them anything. You don't have to do anything besides just sit there and listen. And, and, and let them know that they're being heard, you know, repeat back a few things, uh, tell them how, how amazing, you know, they, they've, they are, and just give them a little bit of confidence and that's it because that's all they, they, they haven't had that. Have you noticed that in your experience? Absolutely. Actually, there was a quote every time I took a call, it, the, um, the office would be like a cubicle um, and we'd have like soundproof because you obviously don't want to be trying to help someone and someone else is on the other phone. So there was a teddy bear. There was a teddy bear and it was saying, I don't want you to fix me. I don't want you to tell me it's going to be okay. I just want to feel heard, feel loved and feel validated. Thank yeah. you. And it's just a little teddy bear and it's got little words like that. And I'm like, wow, like my my life's mission, right, is to help people love themselves. Mm. And generally I found my passion and not everyone's found their passion. And when I was taking calls, I was just being this and just showing energy and just not saying Joseph's this and Brody's this and we can't do this. We're literally two strangers we met on Instagram having a passion. And that's when people find their inner work. So when people call Lifeline nine times out of ten or whatever hotlines you are in the globe, um, you've got them. When they call you, you've got them. The people that sell their stuff, they're quiet. That's that's the worrying sides when they're not talking about mental illness, when they're not um, being open because when they call, they're obviously wanting to live because they want to talk to you. They want to, you know, be validated and said, you know, you are enough. I love you, you know, whatever that might look like in that call. But I've lost um, some friends to eating disorders and mm. drugs and alcohol and, and car crashes and stuff like that, and those people – we're actually just like you and me, and I, and I want to bring real honesty. Like these guys didn't really have too much of a bad upbringing. They didn't. They, they had pretty good, and that's what really shook me, mate, and I literally just said, wow, I just need to be kind every day, and that's mm. what I have been. Sometimes I'm cranky. Sometimes I'm unwell, but when I get back to what Brody is and what Brody's capable of, I just be kind. Mm. Just be kind to everybody. Don't have any expectations of anybody. Um, just be a good person. If you can help someone, do it because you might be the only person that does. Yeah. And then also remember, you know, your whole upbringing, you had some difficult times, difficult memories, some drugs in you. You know, that's a lot of years living in that state. And this is new for you, you know. So that's the other thing you got to keep. And I always remind myself that I've only been on this journey for five years, um, although I say it's a lifetime journey because I've always been looking for that spirit or that meaning in life. Um, and I finally found it within me. But, you know, it's mm. it's it's really it's really that 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 self-talk like, Hey, it's okay to have the bad day. This is, this is the, the, the bad state is what you're used to. So if it's going to pop up, it's fine. It's okay. It's still in you. And I think that's, that's, um, you know, good to, to kind of keep you curious on how much more you can develop into yourself and unfold into your true Brody, you know, self in a sense, that higher self that mm. people talk about. Um, beautiful. 
beautiful stuff. I love what I'm hearing. Um, we still have some time, which is really good. And I want to start to get in now to um, more about you and what you do. Now, I want to ask you this one serious question because we've been talking about it. It keeps hitting me and I feel like I should ask maybe someone listening is thinking the same thing. Now, you have a little bit of experience with family that had suicide, friends that had suicide. A lot of people nowadays struggling with coronavirus, stuck inside, you know, meaningless in, in the world, no religion or, or real spirituality in their life. They're they're at that state where they're just like, what's the use? If somebody came to you and said, hey, Brody, what is the use? What's the meaning? What's the purpose in living? What could you give them? Mm. That's that's really deep. And like, I love, I love that question. I haven't had that in a little while. I have people always ask me, what, why are you so happy? What's your secret? And it's funny because I love how I've made people go, oh my God, like, he's been through this, but now he's showing up as this. I want this, you know, and that's great. That's what I want. Like I'm not going to the gym, meditating, um, eating clean, having my supplements because I want to be liked and loved. I just want to show up as my million dollar self. Mm. And if I keep showing up, the, the right things will happen. So if someone is struggling in lockdown or coronavirus or they're struggling with meaningless, it's honestly – um, there could be a lot of things, but what's hitting me in my in my cortisol, in my in my in my front um, cortex, of my brain is that if because I had it, guys, in August I checked myself into mental health unit for a week. I was self harming. I was suicidal. I had nothing. I lost my job. I was bullied. Um, I, I moved to a different town. I thought life would be different, and it and it wasn't. I was in bed most days. I didn't shower. This Brody in August last year is, is I don't know that guy. Like, it's scary when I see him. He mm. pops up every now and then. And I mm. look at me, I'm like, ah, <laughs> get out of here. That was my past. I love you. I respect you. It's time to move on. Yeah. This is me now. Yeah. Um, but I find that if you're not in purpose, if you're not, um, you know, if you show me your five friends, I'll show you your future. If you're hanging around with wrong people, if, you, if you're drinking too much, if you're smoking too much, if you're on medication that's zoning you out, like I all believe in is the first thing is finding a good doctor. That's mm. number one, a good doctor that you can trust, a good doctor that won't just prescribe medication and say, see you next month. Mm. You know, there's so many people, just like Joseph that does coaching, there's so many people that I've met all throughout the world that literally just want to help people. and find your passion, find your people, and your life will come to you. I know that sounds simple, but honestly, guys, you do the inner healing work, your inner life will come to you. Um, mm. And honestly, if you said to me that I started off with 30 followers, I've never bought a single follower. I've never done any trend like that. I've, I've generally followed people and followed back. I don't unfollow you. Once you follow me, I don't do any of that shit. I don't believe in that shit. I get a lot of that. I'm not a sugar daddy. I'm not a Bitcoin. I'm not a stop sending me messages like that, please. I've got enough messages to go through. <laughs> it needs to be said, brother. It needs to be said. <laughs> the sugar daddy one lost me. <laughs> oh, my God. I uh, said you would earn 500 a week. I'm like, yeah, but I'm happily taken. Sorry. Um <laughs> But, you know, if that's you, that's cool. I ain't judging. You do you, boo. But, yeah. like, I just want, 
I want people to know. <laughs> I want people to know that once you find your passion, and that could be yoga, that could be breath work, that could be journaling, um, it could be volunteering in a soup kitchen because you've mm. been homeless and you know what it's like to not have a meal. It could be even starting a business of t-shirts I, it doesn't have to be mental health i always talk about mental health but like i've got other passions outside mental health you know like i like acting i like um drawing like it's just i, I find that so many people they lose who they are yeah. and i nearly did it this morning i want to be real honest i went on instagram this morning i was like fuck i'm so tired last night i didn't have a good sleep i had a bit of a little um argument with my wife which is natural um there's a lot happening, new job, and there's there's lots of other stresses coming into my life. And I feel like, why am I doing 11 hours a day when I'm not getting the results? And this is what I really want to talk about. So many people, they see the six figures earners, they see the Lamborghini and the beach home, and they're like, oh, look at me. Okay, guys, that's cool. That's cool. But you've got to realize that it takes fucking years and years and years and years and years and years to get there. I hate how entrepreneurs, I'll never be that person. Because I will have that beach home, but I won't be that wanker. I'll bring them in. I'll, if someone's on the street, I'll feed them. I'll look after them. I'll coach them for free. Mm. I literally see people and they go, oh, Joseph's doing amazing. Maybe find out who Joseph is. Don't just go, I want to be that. Why is my life not like that? Don't compare. Because this morning mm. I got up. It was 6 o'clock in my time. I easily could have slept in. I could have said, oh, postponed. But my passion woke me up. I said, no. I'm, I've shown integrity to Joseph. Um, so many people, they miss out those magic moments in life because their body is saying no, but really figure out why your body's saying no. So you're coming to me, you're suicidal. I just think you're hurting because someone in your in, in your in your heart it wants to come out. You're not letting them out. Mm. And I want to leave, not finishing this up, but I just I want to say this to you before I forget as well, is I think it's um, Les Brown, but I'm not sure if it's official he said this, but he said the richest um, place in the world is is the graveyard. It's because everyone's dreams are there. And it starts with you. It starts with you. You had that dream in your heart and you didn't let it out. So that dies with you. So I'm like, mm. that's why I wake up every day and I'm, and I inspire people. I don't care if you don't want to join me as a client or a team member. That's cool. I'm not going to be that person that blocks you or or hates you. You can tell whatever I want about my business and what you think of me and what you think of my wife, what you think of my dog. I don't care because I know who I am. Mm. I can say to myself, I do this every day. I show up as myself. People will find me. And you never can, you never can say the wrong thing to the right person. Mm. 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 Wow, that 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 grave comment kind of gave me goosebumps. But um, you know, yeah. you know what's coming through is just that sense of self that you have, you know, and that's what this journey has been. And and I think you know a lot of people, unfortunately, that are out in the Instagram world, the motivators, maybe they don't have their self, and they're they're kind of searching for it through this journey, and and that's why they're comparing and contrasting, and that's why it's so difficult for them to keep their page and consistency going. Um, someone yes. like you who has their self. There's no worry about that anymore. You're not looking at the likes. You're not looking at anything. Maybe you're looking at the discoverability because I do check that. I'm trying to figure out the Instagram algorithm because it's not Ugh. about the likes, but it's about trying to get people to see the material. You know, you spend all this time on the material 
And then you feel like only a couple hundred people see it and you're like, what the heck? But, um, you know, I if love you're that. not looking mm -hmm. at that and comparing and contrasting, like you said, and you're living your story and you're realizing that someone else had their own story and now it's your turn to, to, to take your story serious and see what you can create out of it. I think that's so exciting, you know, and it's so, it keeps life entertaining. And then those moments, like you said, where you wake up and you're like, oh, and then you start thinking, well, wait a second. We all have them. Huh? We all have them. We yes. all have them. Um, oh, yeah. I hate how people think that, you know, your energy, right? You don't you just wake up and have that. You, you've read books. You've done development. You don't just randomly wake up in your life going, oh, you know what? I'm going to set up a coaching business. That sounds good. You might not make it for five years. And people go, oh, that's cool. But so many people, oh, my God, oh, my God, so many people quit before the paycheck. They're so close. Yep. They're so close for making that dream happen. And they quit before the paycheck because mm -hmm. why? Their mum and dad thinks they're a failure. Their mum and dad thinks it's a Ponzi scheme. Their, their second cousin, John, failed at this business. Does mm -hmm. that mean you're going to fail? So. For me, I just think it's so important to to align with it. So not everyone's going to like what you do or say what you do, but I can't agree more. Like Joseph and I spend so many hours on content and preparation and definitely if you're watching this, the people that watch me follow Joseph because you'll just smile, like the way he dances, the way he speaks to people. Like follow those people. Follow mm. those people. Don't, don't follow the people that are not motivating. You can unfollow them. That's okay. If they don't align with you and they're not inspiring to you and they make you feel unworthy, obviously one, figure that out and, and dive into that self-awareness. But number two, don't worry about the followers because I want to say this as well. I used to be addicted to Facebook and Instagram. I'm talking, it used to control my life. Before I started The Wellness Guy, I had very bad self-image, bad self-esteem. I used to, yeah, I had a problem. I really did. I was worried what people thought of me. Um, I was at the shops. I thought people were watching me. Um, it was really bad. This was when I was 15, 16. I used to share my life. I used to be bullied a lot online and at school. Um, and, I, and, I, and I see you guys. I know you're watching. I, I see you guys. And at the end of the day, if it's not bringing you passion, then stop it for a little bit. It's okay to have a break. If it's if it's Instagram, if it's your job, take some time out and figure out what's happening for you. Yeah. And that, and, that, and then that's a little bit of a lesson for yourself to know, like maybe you don't have yourself in order. There's a few things you got to take care of before you, you know, you, you come back out or start a business. And that's one of the, the big things I like to tell people. It's like, how do you, how do you do what you do every day? It's like, because I have myself in order and I took like five years of really putting in some kind of programming. And then, you know, I really didn't talk to many people for five years and my story is quite, quite aggressive with it, but just to watch how you can change your mind is quite amazing. It really is. And, and you're living that story too. It's, it's like you look back at your whole life and it's like a dream. It doesn't make any sense. At least that's how it feels for me. Oh, hundred percent. I, as I said, I did this photo in August. I was suicidal. Yes, yeah. I was, yeah, you've seen it. And then the yeah. next one, and I, I do it because it took three months. I'm not saying that it could take two years or three years, but Joseph and I guys, like literally um, we invested in ourselves mm. and we did so much inner healing work. And I spoke to Owen yesterday from Awareness Space and I was actually interviewing him and um, Joseph's been on the panel show as well. Check that out. 
because so many people, they they look at anxiety and they look at depression they go, I'll always be like this. I'll always be this person. I've always had this life. And honestly, it's a vicious cycle. I've been there. I'm not saying that um, I'm not judging you. There's no prejudgment there whatsoever because I've been there. And a lot of stuff I've spoken to Joseph, he's been through so he can go, wow, like he's made his life mission. And I get a lot of comments going, what are you taking? Are you on drugs? Why you got so much energy? Um, it's because I'm doing what exactly Brody, what, what exactly Brody wants to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not being told by a boss what I need to do. I'm not in a relationship that's not fulfilling my cup. I'm not like I'm literally like I would take my, I'd fly up if coronavirus wasn't happening and fly up to see Joseph now. Like the connections that I make every day is family and, mm-hmm. and friends. And it's just, we're just people at the end of the day. And once you find out who the person is behind that Instagram account or behind that um, entrepreneur, because I, I always say to people, do not put me on a pedestal. Do not put me on a pedestal because I'm exactly like you. I have tough days. I have just um, put in the work and I'm a long way from where I want to be, but I'm, I'm at least I'm not where I used to be. And mm. I want it's, to, it's really sad to see people not living their potential. I think you said that on my IGTV live when I when I first met you and I was so excited to have you and you said, I just want people to be who they want and who they are. And I think that's beautiful. Not many people have that mindset. And once you change your mind, I know the quotes, I know the cliches, and I'm going to keep saying them until you love them because I love them and it's changed my life. So if it's changed my life, it can change yours <laughs> because – People look at motivational speakers and I know friends have said to me, oh, turn that shit off. What's he done? Why are you getting triggered? Why are you listening to someone that's triggering you? Yeah. That's what I, you know, wanted to leave that and ponder for a little bit in your brain because so many people, they they keep seeing the same thing. And in life, things happen to you. Um, but don't let life happen to you. You've got to let life happened for you mm. because so many people they they want the car they want the house they want the girl they want this and that they want everything quick but if they're not willing to put in the work then the universe won't provide it's 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 really simple that's it hard very hard but simple no yeah no yeah and it's 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 you know it's a problem I'm seeing a little bit in the spiritual world with this manifestation and law of attraction. Now, I believe in that kind of stuff where if you're aiming towards something, it's good, but you got to put in the work too. And people forget that W word and no one likes it. Um, but it's important if you want to really manifest anything in life. It takes a little bit of energy to get it going. All righty. So we're actually flying by. I wish we could do this for another like eight hours, you know, <laughs> but unfortunately we're already at the end. I think I only have a couple minutes, so we'll try to get through some of these questions, but I like to ask a couple questions just to ease things up. This conversation has been unbelievable. I mean, I've been zoned in. I almost went through my computer screen. I feel like at some points when you were talking, <laughs> really feeling it, buddy. Um, I could tell you're in the zone too. And I really love this. Uh, it's really good to get in that flow, but, um, life, life is so mysterious. There's so many mysteries out there. That's what keeps me, you know, moving and grooving and vibrating and curious is all these mysteries in life. And if you could pick one mystery out in life in mind, body, or, or, you know, anything in life, what's one mystery you wish you can have the answer to related to mind, body, or anything in life? Um, because I've worked in. Um, a mental health ward, and then I was a client. So I've seen both sides. 
I would like to see the mystery of the truer self because I've seen clients that have got mental illness and they get needles every day, like a depot to calm them down. I would love to see and know about, like I know they're out there, but I, 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 I want to dive deep into that because I was, I was that client. I was that person to give medication. I had to find my passion. I was lucky that I found my passion. I could have been that person that took drugs, alcohol, womanizing. I, my, my mental illness and my learning disability, the facts are scary. I, the, 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 um, the issue that I've, not the issue, like it's surprising fact that I've got a wife and a job. Like so many people that have my conditions and have my learning disabilities don't have a job, they're homeless, and it's really sad because I know there's so many people out there that can find what I've found. And what I, what I would love to visualise is is seeing the people that are quotation marks sick or unwell, I'd love to see them without medication in a supported environment and to see their true self because I've seen so many clients, I'm talking 60, 70, 80 on medication all their life, right? Mm. And they're zoned out. They're not yeah. living. So that's my one. I'd love to see them find their potential. I'm sick of doctors thinking that, um, yes, it's safer for the community. That's what they think. And they put them in a box and that's their life. All they know is four walls. And that breaks my heart because I know so many people are capable of change. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful way to close this out. People are probably curious, where can I find Brody? I want to see some of his stuff. So maybe share some of the links, social media, websites, whatever. Yeah, definitely. So my Instagram is Brody.wellnessguy. Um, when you join me, you're not just a follower, you're, you're family. So I'm really excited for you to see what I do. Um, and then obviously my YouTube channel is Brody.wellnessguy. I don't have a website at the moment, but um, I've been on different podcasts around Spotify. So you can see um, you just type in awareness space or humble you media, um, all that good things that I've been part of and been a part of panel shows. So also, if you are wanting to work with me one-on-one, um, -on -one, um, that is um, an incredible opportunity that you can do, but it's not for everybody as well. So I do interviews to see if you can become a wellness coach. Um, we're in 26 countries. Um, so I take on customers. So customers take the product and the program, enjoy a 16-week holistic program. But um, I've actually opened my spots in the US and Malaysia. So it's really exciting to share that because so many people, they don't believe in what I do. And I'm not certified, again. Um, yes, I'm a crisis counsellor by background. I'm a community service um, support worker. But when I call myself a wellness coach, I'm not accredited in the eyes. And you know what? I've met so many coaches that don't have that tick of approval or that blue tick on Instagram. They're changing more people's life than those people that are qualified so um what i am if you want to work with me i'm an accountability buddy if mm. you think you're inspired by the way i speak and the way i do um i'm happy to mentor you and to create an income from home and that, that's what i have been doing for the last eight months wow. um so really yeah do. that's that's a little bit about me wow that's a, that, that's beautiful and you said you just opened up uh, your, your some spots in malaysia and the u.s yes 
All righty. And I have a lot of U.S. people, so there you go. Uh, beautiful. Hey, hey, Brody, thank you so much for all the insights. I thought it was a, such an amazing conversation. We were flowing, we were going, we were moving, and we were grooving. And it's all done. And you did it at 7 o'clock in the morning, so I give you that. I see the sun just rising over you right now. It's like at that low level <laughs> in your eyes. Um, but go take on the day. It's been, it's been such a pleasure, buddy. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, everyone, just wanted to give my love to Joseph because you're doing amazing things. And, you know, we need more people like you in this world to give people an opportunity to share their life. So mm. if you haven't followed Joseph, um, definitely follow him and see his journey. So I'm just so blessed to know you and so grateful um, to connect with you. Wow. Thank you so much, buddy. It means a lot.